This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online at DiscountTire.com. Discount Tire, let's get you taken care of. Hello, and welcome to episode 111 of Pod Arumi. Nice scary intro there for the oncoming Halloween, I think. And uh, it's getting nippy, isn't it? Oh, there's a nip in the air now. The other day I got up and got in my car and there was frost on the windscreen. Oh, but Jesus, now I couldn't believe it. And the evenings are closing in and all that. Um, but it, uh, yeah, it is. The autumn is here. Isn't the autumn is fucking well here. Leaves on the ground. Wind whipping your skin and turning your nose red and um, the uh, hairs standing on end on your arms and legs and God knows even probably in your little cold bottom. And uh, I've been going all over the country doing gigs. I was in Longford and Knoll and Wexford last weekend. Oh, uh, yes, I'm in. And uh, where, where am I going this weekend? Oh, I'm in Galway for the Galway Comedy Carnival, the Vodafone Galway Comedy Carnival. And uh, on the Saturday, the 26th, uh, uh, I'll be at lunch, three o'clock, I'll be doing improv in the Roisin Dove with the improv fellas and Rich Hall as well. And on the 27th, I will be at 1pm lunchtime in the King's Head, upstairs in the Ruby Rooms, doing a gig with my old buddy, my old father Ted friend, Patrick MacDonald, or Owen McLove, as you may know him, the fellow who said, I've no willy. Um, yeah, I have lots of gigs coming up, but um, I'm feeling my calf again. I mean, it's still tight, still tight on the L calf there, if you if you've been, want to be up to date on that. Oh, yes. Yeah, so in the 2nd of November, I'll be down in the Dean Crow theatre in Atlone down across across in the Dean Crow in Atlone the very centre of Ireland in the theatre there with Patrick MacDonald oh and I should tell you that uh, of course uh, I'm doing a big a special gig it's not a big gig it's a special gig in the uh, Helix on the 11th of January next which I want to film and I have a crowdfund uh, campaign going to finance the filming of that because it'll cost me 
five and a half thousand at least if not more but that's what i want to raise anyway so uh, if you could go on to that on my facebook page uh or uh on my um on my I'll, I'll be putting it up everywhere to be honest i'll stick it up on my website as well and you can just buy tickets for it they're only 16 euro you can there's lots of add-on extra I just book me book me for a gig in your house or your club or your uh uh, uh yeah company and uh that will help pay as well for this uh uh thing that i'm doing so filming a stand-up show on the 11th of january go and have a look at that yeah it's called shut your cake hold by me joe rooney and what else i'm over in edinburgh oh if you're in scotland glasgow or edinburgh i'm over on the 8th and 9th of november in malone's bar in uh, edinburgh on the 8th and in glasgow on the 9th uh so uh yeah if you're over there in scotland then in arklow theater with patrick mcdonald uh, on the 15th of november in the asgard theater in arklow and oh yeah i'm going to carlo film festival where the feature film that i was uh, i am in i am in called wretch uh, which I shot in Kansas City last year, is going to be shown on the Saturday night on the 16th. It'll go to be the last show, the last thing. And then if you're up in Northern Ireland, I'm in Blake's in the Hollow in Enniskillen on the 23rd of November. That's all my gigs. Okay, so in this episode, I'm talking to, uh, to Tracy Carroll, who is the mother of Willow, an almost three-year-old girl who she's been caring for for well since she was born and willow um cannot swallow and so she has to be fed through a, a peg thing and she needs 24 hour pretty literally 24 hour care and tracy um uh just um has been at her wits end trying to to figure out how why she cannot be given any help from the government because because she has made the decision to to care for willow and uh and not like a bad you know and and anybody who's caring for a member of their family and decided that that's what they want to do instead of leaving it to the state um a lot of them are not getting enough backing from the government because in tracy's case because her husband works and his earnings may bring her over a certain amount which means she gets little to no help uh, to look after Willow, and this is her story. Her story here is uh, uh, from from when uh, before and when Willow was born, and she just tells the story of how how um, Willow was not meant to live. In fact, she was told that that Willow would never make it home, it, even from the hospital. Uh, and it's a harrowing story. And how Tracy does it, I mean, she's getting li- she's existing on two or three hours sleep. And I am, and yet she's uh, quite an optimistic woman and brilliant woman. So have a listen to this, Tracy Carroll.
Martinez, maybe. Uh, from with Willow. Day with Willow, yeah. Okay, um, so what did I... This morning I got up at half four. You can never really tell. It could be half two, half three, half four. Always hope for six o'clock, but it depends on herself. She's on a feed at night, so she's on a peg feed continuous through the night. Mm-hmm. Sometimes she gets a bit unsettled with it. Um, so it goes through the peg in her tummy, and if she gets unsettled, she'll wake up. And you have to be very cautious that she's not aspirating. So I've got to jump when I hear her move, turn off the feed, wind her, kind of vent her tube, settle her. So uh, we had a rough night last night. We didn't get to bed till quarter past four. Mm-hmm. So uh, I just stayed up. So in general, you, you've got no sleep last night at all? Uh, maybe about an hour. She fell asleep in my arms for an hour, but when I tried to move her, she woke up again. So yeah, wow. <laughs> that's it. So yeah. Might get um, to bed by 12 tonight. But that's just it. Just take, you know, days as, as you come. And when you get those extra few hours of sleep, it helps. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you just keep going. You have no choice, really, you know. So her meds have to be done then. At, um, I usually do them by half five. The day's nose in school, generally around six. But I try to get them in a bit earlier. Mm. So that she's settled by the time I'm taking Noah to school. That they're through her system. And if she wakes up, it's not going to cause her any aggravation. Which they can, because there's eight of them. Eight meds. Eight meds, yeah. Yeah. So um, she got those then, and she was still asleep when I took her this morning with Noah to bring Noah to school, and she cried mm. nonstop for an hour. So we're just having one of those days. Mm. But as you can see, she's in good form now. Yeah. So you just you can take nothing for granted. Um, and at lunchtime again, she's on another set of meds, and then she's on another peg feed. Willow's a bit uh, of a devil. She won't take her feed unless she's asleep. So, so the peg feed is, can you explain that to she, me? So she has a peg in her stomach. Yeah. So it's a feed that goes directly into her stomach okay. because she can't swallow liquids. Okay. She aspirates them, which means it goes into her lungs. Okay. So obviously it can cause massive issues. Yeah. Um. So she's on, uh, it's a, a liquid form. It's like, I suppose you could look at it, it's like baby formula when you make it up and you put it into uh, a container. It yeah. goes through um, a system then in, into her stomach. So you choose what volume how much you're putting in over the hour mm-hmm. depending on herself she kind of has a cut off point oh um, that's the that's the over system there. over the there system yeah. yeah so um, okay. obviously you have to be home at lunchtime then to get her sleep and get her onto another feed so we just yeah. do three a day with her so Willow is three years old is it she'll be three in the first of December the first of December yeah so can you tell me from when okay. she was born what so Willow was two weeks early. Um, I went into the hospital because she had stopped moving as much as she usually has. She was very, very active. Um, and that morning I just felt she was a little bit quiet. So I went into the hospital thinking, fine, we were just going to have our little girl. We knew we were having a girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, all hell broke loose. That's the only way of putting it. Complete mm-hmm. shock. Um, we ended up having an emergency section. Mm-hmm. Willow was born... Um, I suppose not breathing um, and a little bit in distress. They mm. revived her, said that everything was going to be fine. I remember that day, Willow was due um, the second week of December and I really wanted a baby for Christmas. And I remember that day, the 1st of December, and it was a really frosty day mm. and going, brilliant. It's still like like Christmas. I'm yeah. still having my baby close to Christmas. So just really excited. So she was born then... Um, they said she was fine. She was sent to intensive care. I was obviously brought back down to the ward. Um, they were in and out saying, you know, we've given her blood transfusion. You know, she's she's okay. She's recovered well. And then six hours later, they came down and said that she was in difficulty. Um, she was having seizures. And if it continued, that they were going to have to move her to the rotunda. I had her in Cavan. 
um, and then at about half one they asked me to call John back to the hospital in the morning so John came back and um, kind of you know went from thinking that things are going to be okay to her being shipped up and drafted out I suppose mm. to the rotunda and because I had a section they wouldn't let me travel so I had to wait till the following afternoon to go still going up to the hospital I still thought everything was going to be fine I had no idea that this was going to be as bad um, and then that was obviously the 2nd of December when I was up there um, so the neurologist from Temple Street came over, observed her during the night they obviously had her hooked up to all sorts of monitors, mm. they were very pessimistic about it, I was still optimistic, you know, I was talking to her holding her hand and watching you know, the monitors and stuff and there was fluctuations of like activity when I was talking to her holding her but they were you know saying that they didn't really count and stuff but it never left you know the hope never left me mm. and then the following morning um, on the 3rd of December we were told that she had no brain activity and it was best to turn off her life support I still hadn't held her so we called all our family in to say hello to say goodbye um, and they handed me Willow that afternoon and uh, removed all her life supports and she had a massive seizure and I just remember it was just like watching somebody else's life I remember hearing someone screaming but not realising that, that it was me mm. and John was beside me and it was just terrific and then this little lady started breathing again and she kept breathing um, and we were sitting there still waiting second by second for this breath to stop and she just kept going so they sent us down to a room um, and uh, we were put into a private room and obviously the next day or so a family were coming in and out and we were still waiting and I remember walking around um, the room with her in, in the middle of the night just holding her thinking I will never get to do this at home just you know we were still at that point thought that, mm. that things were looking pretty never grim make it home. yeah so on the 5th of December we brought Willow home and we thought we were bringing her home to pass away mm. um, and a week, she was a week old and again she had another massive seizure and we thought that she was gone mm. nope <laughs> she kept going again I mean she was purple she had stopped breathing we thought that this was it and I remember that night the house was different at the time and we were in the front sitting room and I had an L-shaped couch. <laughs> Good girl, Willow. <laughs> <laughs> it's like gunfire. In the Blown distance. away. <laughs> She's laughing, look. <laughs> um, yeah, we had an L-shaped couch and when she started breathing again, I curled in a ball and just fell asleep instantly. And I suppose it was like, you know, self-preservation. Mm. And I never woke up until the following morning. I mean, she was tiny, you know, and I had spent all the nights at home just watching her, never mm. sleeping, just waiting and waiting. And the next morning, my sister was here and I asked her to bring me out of the house. I hadn't been out of the house since and take me to Super Value. And I would laugh about it now. I remember spending 100 euro, but all I know I bought was toilet roll and kitchen paper. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know what I bought, <laughs> but just lost. I didn't want to be with Willow because I couldn't face maybe seeing her. You know that happening again, and yeah. and to hold a child who 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 may be dying in my arms. So it took me a couple of days to gather myself back after that. But as the days went on, um, things improved. Um, and then on the twenty third of December, we got the results of Willow's MRI, and not good. You know, really bad mm. global 
brain damage, um, not much hope for any quality of life. If she did survive, that she would really just be a vegetable, mm. you know, not have any interaction awareness. Um, yeah, pretty grim. And at that stage, I had actually started breastfeeding Willow, even though I was told not to, because she had no suck swallow gag. If I breastfed her, she'd, she'd you know, suffocate. Mm. But we had. Um, so really rough Christmas. But as the weeks and months went on, she started getting stronger. We were bonding. Mm. She became a big part of the family. Um, and it was just, I suppose, day by day. Coming up to her first birthday then, we discovered that she had epilepsy. So from year one to two, that was really tough. I think from up to the age of one, I was still in this hope that, that this was not going to be you know, the outcome, that Willow was going to surprise them all and have completely different outcome than what they suspected. Mm. From age one to two, you're sort of in, you know, the reality of this situation. She's not reaching milestones. She's so far behind. She's not achieving what she should. That year I grieved, mm. really grieved. It nearly killed me. <laughs> there was nights I went to bed and woke up the next day going, shit, I'm still awake. Because you were, you felt you'd Just lost what you expected to have expected as a child. Have. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we were grieving what mm. we had expected as a sibling for Noah, our daughter, the life that we had expected to have, mm-hmm. to watch, you know, Willow so fall behind and behind every month, you know, and, you know, fearful for our future and that this child is going to be dependent on me for the rest of her life. And again, never known how life, long her life will be. You know, we were still mm. always, and still are conscious that, you know, we just don't know. But you were so low that you, when you woke up, you go, oh, oh yeah. I'm still just, alive. Yeah, oh. and I mean, obviously I had John and I had Noah, but just, just sink into this void. It's the only way to describe it, mm. you know, just so lost and I, I watched John go through it as well and I had this incredible guilt I felt so guilty that this was my fault because I carried Willow and this had happened you know and we you know still waiting for the full I suppose explanation of what really happened still mm. unsure um of why this happened and the guilt on Noah because I can see how it was hurting him. He was only two and a half and mm. from going to having great fun with his mom and being my little sidekick and never apart to picking me up off the bathroom floor crying and just lost, so lost in myself. You know, I put up this wall, I suppose, around me from everybody that I just had to, you know, preserve something of myself and just mm. afraid to really let any emotions go. It was awful, a really horrible, horrible year. We spent five months, myself and Willow, in hospital with epilepsy, vomiting, so like that, cut off from my family, cut off from Noah, cut off from John, watching John struggle mm. emotionally, watching Noah struggle emotionally. Mm. Oh, the guilt, I suppose, would almost kill you. And I remember at the time thinking, you know, they said to me, oh, you know, you're lucky that, you know, you didn't die when Willow died. Now, I did, really didn't suffer any health complications, so I was fine. Mm. Um, and I remember thinking, I wish I was me. I wish yeah. I was dead and that she was given a life and Noah was given a sibling. And I remember John saying to me, but then Noah would be without his mum. I said, but sure, he'd be grand. <laughs> you know, just the guilt would consume you. Mm. But then the little lady turned two and things started to get better. And it's only 
got better and better and better since and I suppose I've accepted this and I would not change her for anything yeah she's not what they said either she's very uh, involved in the family really social you you know loves to know social scene and is great with with the people in her life Noah's fantastic with her an amazing brother yeah and I suppose we just become more accepting as the months go on and we've just embraced family life and we're happy yeah you know, but it's been a struggle to get here. But then, you know, you don't know what goes behind anybody's door. And just because we're, you know, out there for everyone to see that, that we have a child with additional needs mm. doesn't mean that we're better off or less off than any, than the people next door. So you've got to embrace the joy in, that we have mm. in it and, and just roll with that, I mm. suppose. So were you working before Willa yes. was born? What were you doing? I was actually in job the day that she was born. Oh, I yeah. went from work to the hospital. Um, I worked for a company um, in Trim, close enough by, um, so I worked in the office. Mm. Uh, I did the books and uh, all the general office stuff. Busy, busy, um, busy place. Only girl amongst about... 30 lads. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that was trying in itself. So yeah, I always So you worked. would expect that you would have your child, oh, yeah. have maternity leave and be back Yeah, the whole thing set up, you know, I was going yeah. back to work. Um, I'd keep, you know, on top of things as well while I was on maternity leave, make sure they were up to, not up to any <laughs> mischief while I was gone. Um, yeah. Really just expected. And even when we knew the condition and that when, when I knew Willow would have difficulty, I still expected to be able to go back to work. Yeah. I didn't expect my whole life was just going to be sucked from under me and you know you're really just going to have to start building it up again piece by piece and find like little pieces to fit into the slots that you had before um so yeah i always expected to go back to work i mean i've worked from the age of 16 i was 41 when i gave up work so 25 years always had a job when i was in college i had two jobs you know to keep things going so yeah it was just Mm. wow it's like the rug pulled under your feet, I suppose. Yeah. Not yeah. to have an income, not to be independent. I've always been independent. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so then, at what stage do you realise this is a, a going to be a difficult financially? Like from. Well, for the first two years, mm-hmm. we had carers benefit, which is not means tested. Yeah. So uh, two hundred fifteen euro a week, which was a hell of a difference from what it was earning, but we yeah. managed. You know, you kind of just adapt. We're not socialisers anyway. My days of dancing around poles are long gone. Yeah. <laughs> John's a runner. Uh, he doesn't drink. You know, we're just happy just to be a family and, you know, just do simple things during the day. So we don't go out. We don't have a social life. We wouldn't be big spenders. We don't yeah. do fancy holidays. So you just adapt and you change your circumstances. So it was okay. Um I would have been fond of buying shoes. The shoe thing had to stop. I've moved on to runners. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, you just sort of adapt. So we two years on carer's benefit. Um, and then after the two years, you move on to carer's allowance. Right. So you apply for carer's allowance. And we're told we're not eligible. So carer's allowance is means tested. Mm-hmm. So by means testing, it's really about how much income's coming into your house. So we're over the threshold by one salary, not by two. We've one salary coming into the house. Mm-hmm. Um, the threshold hasn't changed in 11 years. So they haven't taken into account the cost of living, USD, uh, higher taxes. We now have a carbon tax. None of that's taken into consideration. Mm-hmm. The fact that we pay life insurance, house insurance, our own mortgage, 
John pays a private pension. We're running two cars. The expense of having a child with additional needs, bringing her to Dublin to Montessori because they can't get one down here. All the extra therapies that we would have done privately, mm-hmm. which at the moment are on halt because I don't have an income. So I would have spent all my savings really investing in Willow's future, trying mm. to give her a future. So, um, yeah, none of that's taken into account or her needs. Yeah. Obviously, as you can see, Willow's 24-7. She has complex needs. Um, so, yeah, we're not eligible. And if you, I just say, if neither of you were working. Oh, it would be grand. Yeah? Mm. If we weren't paying a mortgage, we were renting a house, you'd be eligible for housing assistance payments. You know, we would we would get carers if we weren't married. We yeah. would get carers. You know, there's ways and means around it. I mean, I could say I'm going back to work and apply for job seekers, employ one of my family as her carers. They could, you know, apply for carers allowance and more than likely get it. Yeah. But I don't want to have to do that. You know, I've worked and paid my taxes for 25 years. My husband pays his taxes, and we're not supported. Yeah. Yes, we are supporting the system that are supporting other people. So, you know, what I'm calling for now is that that's children like Willow, and I, I, you know, I'm stressing the fact that Willow's a child who is incapacitated. She's not an incapacitated child. She's a child first. You know, when you put a label on somebody, you sort of remove a sense of person, where she's a person before, unfortunately, her needs. So Mm -hmm. she's entitled to everything the same as any other child, Obviously, her needs are different. Mm. She's entitled to a Montessori place like Noah had. I can't get one locally because, you know, they don't have the supports in place for that. So you're f- I'm fighting that at the moment. We're trying to get something in place for the Montessori that Noah went to. And it's more for ho- her to have a social, you know, setting with other children. She absolutely loves being around other kids. Mm. You know, she doesn't need to be put hidden into a corner or, you know, a completely separate life inclusion is what we're supposed to be working towards in this day and age. Inclusion, yeah. I think we're going backwards. Mm. I don't see inclusion at all, you know. People's attitude to me are, God, you have it really tough. And I say, well, no, it could be worse. And I remember someone saying to me, what do you mean? You do have it really hard. And I said, but you how do you know what's, what's hard for me as, as opposed to what's hard for someone else? We're really happy. We don't. We absolutely love our daughters. Got to the stage now. We're all fighting over John, myself, Noah. I'll hold her. No, I'll hold her. You know, even Noah. Like we absolutely love having Willow as part of family, and we are happy. And people walk in here and say, "Wow, there's such a nice atmosphere in here." Someone also said to me last week, "You know, oh, you have such a burden to bear." Well, no. (laughs) You know, that's the perception of people. They they see. I suppose the disability before they see the child. Yeah. She's the most precious little face. Beautiful. She's mm. Aren't you, Willow? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that, that's what I'm calling for, that, that they assess the needs of a child. It's like any child nowadays. I mean, children are going to school and they may need extra supports. Yeah. So their needs are being met by the school. So Willow has a need, the same as any other child. Yeah. So why aren't they looking at the needs and giving us the supports to provide for her? You know, yeah. the carer's allowance, if that was needs tested, I mean, she would meet all the criteria. She is 24-7 care. I mean, I have done nights where I may have done 23 hours out of a 24-hour day mm-hmm. and had one hour of sleep. You know, this Fitbit watch is great for telling you how long you've slept. Yeah, <laughs> right. So you have given up your career as well yeah. and everything to mm. look after Willow. Yeah, 
that was hard initially yeah 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 uh, hard to it's i suppose you feel lost you leave you lose your sense of self mm-hmm. because you know sometimes i say i said to my mom actually the other day i says i don't know why dogs like chasing their own backsides and she says what do you mean i said because i feel like a dog chasing my own arse and it's no fun mm. <laughs> uh, like there are days you so just run around the circles like you, you don't know. think even ahead no just yeah. minute by minute yeah you get That's up it. in the morning and have my little routine i kind of like getting up early because I have all my housework done by seven as Noah says have you mm-hmm. got your jobs done mom you know yeah. like the, the dinner would be done and you know the ironing's done and then John and Noah get up and the day kicks off then yeah but uh, you know you can't take any day for granted yeah. you can hope to make plans you know Sunday we're hoping to go to the Phoenix Park you know so Noah can go looking for reindeers it's a hope it's not a firm plan yeah and that's just what we the way we roll. Yeah, so what would you be looking for if you were to talk to... Well, really, I think the whole area around um, services for children uh, needs to be reassessed. Mm-hmm. Um, firstly, obviously, the means means testing needs to be abolished and it needs to be needs tested. Um, so a case-by-case basis, mm-hmm. you know, and a case-by-case basis with regard to services as well. We're with Enable Ireland, so, you know, it's we have OT, physio, but it's it covers, you know massive amounts around the local area so its services are really limited and we get maybe an appointment once a month mm-hmm. which is really no addition to willow um you know when you think about these services that they set up and and the whole systems and what it costs to run these places and the overheads and employing staff what if they looked at the case-by-case basis and you know gave us the option of a budget this is what you can spend a year on the services that you think are appropriate for willow I know my child better than anybody else. I know what will work for her. I know what, you know, would bring quality of life to her or what she would enjoy or what would benefit her. Mm -hmm. So if they gave me a budget, wouldn't that save the state money? Yeah, right, yeah. You know, if if they look at it in a different way and the, the amount of, if I was to ask for her to be cared for by the state or if I was to say I can't cope anymore and land her in hospital, how much would that cost? Yeah, absolutely, fortune. Yeah. Mm. And I'm not looking for an hourly wage. I'm not a job seeker because I can't go out and look for a job because I'm fully employed. Mm. Yes, they'll pay the job seekers a weekly allowance. So why can't we get the same? Yes, yeah, so all, that's all we're looking for. You're saying I'm going to look after Willow and I'm not going to be looking for a job. Yeah, you get nothing. Yes, like it's really. Mm. And those five months that Willow in hospital, I never left her side. Mm-hmm. I never impacted on the nurses um, and, you know, what they had to do in the day. I did all her medications. I did all her feeds. I got out for a walk when she slept and I would time it to the minute I would be back. Mm. And it's like she used to, you know, she'd hear me coming in the door and the little eyes would be looking. Mm-hmm. So I, I would, I'm just always conscious that she's my responsibility. She's my daughter. Yeah. You know, but I want to care for her. You know, mm. it, it would be nice to get up one morning and go, oh, there's nobody here and I mean nobody <laughs> the house just to myself not cleaning right. up after everybody else but I know within an hour I'm like oh god this is too quiet where's everybody gone you know I want to be with my family mm-hmm. but uh, so um, uh, have you had any uh, personal like any any of the uh, Minister for Health around that have you had any, I've been any? in with Regina Doherty yeah um, we, we speak a lot yeah um, we text we were texting yesterday <laughs> I mean, <coughs> Regina is supportive, but she's one person. 
and she can't change it by herself. Yeah. And, you know, she has listened to us, um, myself and another par- two parents, Nev Ross and Mark Fitzpatrick. Mark actually was uh, the guy who worked tirelessly, never stopped until he got the medical card for all with the DCA, which is the domiciliary care allowance. So Mark is well used to this campaign. Uh, his son is six, Nev's daughter is 12. So they're in this a long time. And yeah. I'm actually shocked at how bad it is. And I don't know how parents have put up with this for so long. Uh. You know, you'd expect that when you are investing in our country by paying taxes and at the higher rate that when you are in need that you'll be supported and you're not yeah you know um would you say that like carers are being ignored because they are busy caring and they have no time and we have no choice complain and also have no time to yeah well i'm not you know i say to people I am not giving you a sob story because I don't feel I have a sob story. I have this gorgeous little dot, you know, mm. our little fairy elf, as Noah calls her. Mm-hmm. Noah's uh, whole idea around Willow is that she's special because, Mom, she's a fairy elf. And she can't she can't walk, but she can fly. And you just don't know what Willow can do. So this is, this yeah. is how Noah has adapted to our life. Yeah. And that's how we look at it. But, yeah, yeah. you know, there's, there's people... I am able to use my voice. Um, you know, I'm able to get out there and talk and say that, that that things need to change. But there's so many people that are just lost in the day to day. Yeah, you just can't think beyond that second, and they don't have the strength to to raise their voice yeah. or you know ask for help. And they're they're tired. They're tired and they're of taking doing it. the burden off the yeah, stage by yeah. doing it. And they're so tired yeah. of of asking for help and not being heard, and just being pushed to the side. Yeah. That they just don't have, you know, the power within them to fight. Yeah. You know, it's... it's and how do you think, uh, generally, could people like myself help? Yeah, I think the more voices that and the more people that get behind us, you know, um, yeah. and that there's awareness out there. I mean, it's easy for people to go home and close the door and forget. And everybody's guilty of it. You know, you've got your own crap. Everybody has their own, you know, stuff. When you close the door, there's stuff. And it may seem minor to someone else, but it could be major to you. Uh-huh. Um, I think if people were all kinder to one another in every walk of life, mm-hmm. that things would be would be better. Uh, I think we've moved away from, from that a bit. I suppose people get caught in the rat race. I think yeah. maybe the Celtic Tiger time oh, yeah. was a bad time for oh, yeah. the way people became quite selfish. Yeah. Mm. Book boots and big hair and <laughs> 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 done drum shopping centre. Yeah. We all got caught up in this whole, wow, you know, and it was kind of strange really when you look back at it, wasn't it? Yeah, it was pretty it's horrible. It's like a parallel universe. Massive cars yeah. and stuff like that. I was guilty of a few little fast ones myself, but... Uh, I was always kind, I think, and I would always think of someone else, you know. Uh, I, I, I generally wouldn't be a selfish person. Mm. You know, I like to look at the, the good in people as well, and if there's someone in need, like I genuinely do like to help. Mm-hmm. And people always say to me, God, you're always smiling. I said, sure. Why would it not be? <laughs> when I was a teenager, I never smiled. It was a cure head. Sure, I was just born miserable. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, maybe, maybe I'm making up for those lost years. <laughs> Right. But, um, yeah, I think if people were, yeah, definitely more aware. And, you know, I love bringing Noah or Willow into Noah's Montessori last year mm. and bringing Noah or Willow into Noah's school this year because children generally don't see kids like Willow. Yeah, and, 
No was Montessori last year kind of spent a year getting to know Willow and they're all just comfortable with her. Yeah. And they'll come up and say hello to her. But in general, like when do you really meet kids like Willow? You don't. Right. You don't see them in the mainstream Montessori's. You don't see them in and out of the school. I bring her everywhere with me. Yeah. You know, it's great that she's still small and I can carry her everywhere. Um, you know, I'd like to be able to do it for the rest of my life, but she has grown. Yeah. But, you know, that's inclusion. That's true. So you, you, you make people like Will a part of society yeah. and it be- doesn't become... Like this morning um, after mm. I dropped Noah to school, ran around to Aldi to get a couple of bits um, and she was not happy. She was wailing the whole way around Aldi and, you know, people coming up saying, can I help you, which is really nice. Like mm-hmm. Then there's other people that kind of would run away and you can understand that people are uncomfortable, but I am completely open. Ask me a question and I'll answer it. Yeah. I come up and say hello or whatever and, you know, one parent came up to me and said, you know, is she having a seizure? And I said, no, uh, you know, she's just uncomfortable because she's on a peg feed. And I just told him, you know, explained the whole situation to him. And he stopped and talked and he has a child who was, every time she had a temperature was having seizures. She's fine now. You know, so if you open yourself to it, I suppose people will ask questions. And a little kid came out with a chocolate Santa and she stood there staring at Willow and she's about three. And I said, you're wondering what I'm doing, aren't you? And she's like, hmm. And her, her nana stood there and, you know, she just kind of watched, took it in and we spoke and she went off with her chocolate Santa. Right. And, you know, I, I love that about kids. You know, they'll just ask questions and yeah, they'll stare yeah. at you. There's no inhibitions yeah, that way. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, I think if you educate from the ground up, sort of, yeah, you know, they'll educate their parents. And That's if, true. And if we make it normal for children and like that, kids are so open and they'll just walk up and you know blurt something out and you're dying in the background going oh my gosh <laughs> but you know that, that's kids and yeah. if, if you know children like Willow are brought into to smaller settings more often then they are bringing their adults in because they have no choice yeah that's so right so you're and creating awareness for, for all you're showing the day to day life of what goes on mm-hmm. you know we'll create more support yeah, I'd say that could be true as mm. well with uh, racism and all that as well. Yeah, and so absolutely. Children don't see colour no. at all. No, It's the adults that are... And everything. I mean, Ireland's mm. changing in every mm. direction. Mm. You know, like Noah was actually asking me this morning, Mom, can I be you when I grow up? And I said, but you might be a girl then. He says, that's okay. Can I still go out with girls? And I said, but if you want, it doesn't really matter, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> thought about that. And I was like, you know, do you want to do all the jobs? Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> that was the end of that. <laughs> but yeah, you kind of, I'm just, I would be open with Noah about everything. I think, you know, that's, if we educate our children, yeah, they're, that's they're true. the future. They are, yeah, they don't see the, those things. I mean, no. my my uh, daughter, I have a f- friend who, who uh, is transgender and, and it's just normal, you know? yeah. Yeah. And it's great. Yeah, yeah. You know, but I suppose you're always going to have the other side of it there's always going to be people who can't accept change and can't move with the times so we'll just put them on a boat <laughs> out to the Blasket <laughs> no, Island I mean, sometimes it takes people longer but yeah. eventually you, you just ex- everyone will they've no choice no these people are just going to f- yeah gonna but be, if they don't get on well it'll make <laughs> on for a better this. society won't it when you're not hiding things behind 
the curtains, you know. Yeah. Sort of leads to a better outcome. Yeah, yeah, and I know. Yeah. Like that with kids, like, yeah. like Willow, you yeah. know, with, with her additional needs. Yeah. If it's just part of the norm. Yeah, that's right, yeah, yeah. Then, you know, it's more acceptance, more awareness. The government will start seeing her a child. Mm-hmm not a strain on society and she's not a strain on society because mm-hmm. I'm doing everything mm-hmm. you know we sort of manage the whole thing ourselves here and always have done from, from the get go yeah right you yeah. know we took her home we could have left her in the hospital to be looked after we didn't mm. we took our little girl home yeah ah, she's gorgeous mm. and she, you know what people come up to me all the time when I'm out with Willow oh my god she's the most beautiful eyes and you know, she'll she'll listen away and smile away there because you know I'm talking about you. Yeah. Don't you? I mean, you even remember the day up the hill, the yeah, smiles we're up for in you. Lock crew, yeah, yeah. And, and she had, she smiles. But she's funny. Me. If she doesn't take to someone, pan face. Oh, yeah? Yeah. She's right. uh, selective. So I suppose I'm she lucky. picks up on people's uh, auras or. Right. You know. Ah, that's been. Yeah. So, ha- ha- have you. Do you think about the future at all now or do you. Not really. Um, Just live day by day. I'm thinking about next London. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah Will John break the? <laughs> oh, you know, your PB. husband is uh, running in the marathon on yeah, Sunday. Yeah, that, that's my focus at yeah. the moment. So uh, ten days to go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He told me he has amazing glutes as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. He great did ass. tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> you'll kill me for that <laughs> yeah but he's found on the road he'd want to yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. he was up to 80 odd miles a week was he yeah mm, so serious training yeah very focused never talk about it and if you asked him if he ran he'd say yeah sure I do a bit you know and, oh really and that's it head down and oh, I'm always boasting about my two marathons no John's the, the, the quiet <laughs> I actually asked him would he consider Connemara because my dad's family's from Connemara oh yeah um, Roundstone Oh right, yeah, yeah. Side Banlehint Castle was the um the family home. Yeah. So yeah, such so John would you ever do Connemara? Just to run it, not to race it. Enjoy a marathon for once. Yeah. You know, it's April, isn't it? It's in April, yeah. yeah. And I've only done uh, Connemara, but they, yeah. they it wouldn't be I th- I don't think it's a good one for times if you No, that's what I said to him. Yeah. Don't don't do a time, just go and enjoy a he marathon. Wants, would he he'd, he'd want to. <laughs> he'd probably set us no, he wouldn't go for a PB, definitely not. Yeah, you know, yeah. I think if if he was to do something like that, just flip and enjoy it. Yeah. And it'd be something I could bring the kids to. Yeah. I she could run it with Willow. Yeah. She she'd love it. Mm. Yeah. There's, there's a plan, Willow, what do you think? There you go. I know those roads wouldn't be great for now, Boogie. It's through the a bog, bit hilly. It? Uh, no, I don't know. Or the to be honest, sheep. when you're running it, you're probably not even looking at where you're going. But uh, there's a bad hill at the end. That's what kills people, I think. With uh, two miles to go, there's about nearly a one mile of gone straight up. And then nice. Where does it finish? Uh, what's it called? Ma- uh, Ma- is it Mams Cross? Mams Cross, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I know them all. Yeah. We spent our childhood in Calamara. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, no toilet. So y- y- your floors. parents are from Galway, is it? My dad's mother is from Connemara. Oh, okay, right. My yeah. dad would live there for a little bit when he was uh, yeah. a small one. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah, loved us. That's that's where his heart is. Ah, they live okay. in Tipperary now. Oh. But yeah, the the um, his uncle, my grand aunt, Auntie B, 
she only passed away there. She would have been the last um, a couple of months ago. Yeah. She would have been my dad's mum's sister. So will your dad speak Gaelic now? No. No. Dad was actually born in Liverpool. Oh, right, right, right. Um, right. Moved home here then when he was three. Yeah. Lived in Connemara for a bit, but was raised in Walkinstown in oh, Dublin. Right. So he's a mixed breed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let me say, I grew, I was born in Toome. When we were five, we moved to Meath. When I was 15, we moved to Kildare. Then I lived in Dublin for a good while, so. so I, I like don't really say too. I'm from any county. Yeah. Yeah. I know, like, I mm. lived in Dublin until I was 25. Mm. But I never felt like a dub. Yeah. Yeah, there's. Because you'd. Uh, yeah, parents. like a Heinz dog. <laughs> 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 yeah, there's there's a bit of me now, and I suppose everywhere. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you're yeah. Right, Irish. I'm I'm just me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. it. I'm Irish. Yeah, yeah. 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 The end of the day. <laughs> um, so if there's one thing you'd want to say, just to plead with the government, or not plead, or just say to. I look, it's it's a, it's a step by step, but let's start taking steps. Yeah. You know, let's look at, okay, first, the carer's allowance. Let's look at that being needs tested. This is not going to happen overnight, but no. the whole area of disability, would you believe I worked in disabilities 20 years ago? Right. I went to college. That's what I, I, I studied, and I worked in it for six years, and then obviously completely changed my career. Yeah. I don't really feel that we've moved on that much. Yeah. You know, I think it's kind of, we're falling back now. You know, services are really lacking and it's a struggle. I mean, it's a struggle to have a child like Willow when you expected a different outcome. So you're pulling yourself out of this gloom to accept, you know, your life has completely changed. But to be meeting obstacles in every direction and fighting for everything it's just so wrong you know she has the same rights as all of us and if she needs those extra supports she should be given them so you know there are lots of changes that need to happen and I think that they need to start listening to families Mm. and and really listen to families and not just the same groups all of the time listen to people on the ground but listen to people that have positive ideas you know change for for the better um so okay let's let's look at the needs testing above means testing and then let's look at the areas of supports and services and and how those services could be better offered you know mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah <laughs> it'll take its time but if if we start with one step at a time we're starting and 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 that's what we need to do okay yeah thanks tracy thank you are saving the government an estimated 10 billion euro a year so if even if the uh, means testing could be relaxed a little bit because at the moment a couple earns 60 if they earn 60 665 euro per week for a couple they may be only be entitled to a reduced allowance or no payment at all um, and uh, or, or even uh, services for the people to support them 
because at the moment it depends on what area you're in as to what service you get and uh, these people you know need respite need a break from caring and uh, there isn't enough there aren't enough services there to give them that so that's what's needed okay so uh, next week i'll be talking to matthew donahue who directed the film wretch and uh, that i'm in that's a feature film i shot in kansas city last year and a couple of the actors are in the film as well but that's gonna and it's gonna be in the carlo film festival on the uh, 15th i think of november so uh that's that's what's gonna be on next week so uh, yeah thanks uh so uh, um yeah give me a review on itunes if you can thanks very much okay bye <laughs>